The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about digital marketing in the auto industry with Steve Shannon, Vice President of Marketing at Hyundai Motor America, where he is responsible for overseeing all marketing activities in the United States. Prior to joining Hyundai, Steve spent more than 20 years at General Motors, most recently serving as the Executive Director of Marketing and Product Planning for the Cadillac Division. He held that position for more than three years, spearheading the campaign that gave momentum to Cadillac's recovery and drove mass consumer purchase consideration. In addition to direct functional responsibilities in the U.S., Steve also has had significant integration with key Europe, Middle East, and China markets. While at GM, Steve held several other leadership roles in marketing with Saturn, followed by senior posts at Buick and Saab, among others. Steve graduated from Harvard College and received his Master's of Business Administration and Marketing from Columbia University. You can connect with him on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Steve T. Shannon. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Steve. Welcome. Uh, Glenn, good morning. It's uh, great to be with you. Thanks. Excellent. So let's start with the auto industry. You've been in this industry for uh, about two decades. Um, several people probably don't realize how great the industry is uh, in which to be a marketer. Can you talk a little bit about what's exciting you about the industry? Uh, I sure can, Glenn. And it, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it's almost coming up on three decades here soon. <laughs> but, you know, Glenn, there's really no business. I think that's quite as complex, and that's really ultimately what makes it exciting. I mean, whether you start with the fact that as an investment, an automobile is typically number two after your house, so it's a very well-considered purchase. It's a very complicated product, engineered product, when you look at sort of design and engineering and level of technology. If you look at the business environment we're in with uh, how hotly competitive it is, you know, when you're in the biggest and most profitable market in the world. Everybody wants to compete here. Um, and then when you look at things like, um, you know, in some cases heavily union represented, if you look at very heavily regulated, um, just about everywhere you look, it's a, it's a big, exp uh, complex animal, but that's what makes it exciting. 
So as a marketer, talk a little bit over the maybe the past 10 years or so. What are some trends, what are some changes that you've seen um, about being a marketer in this industry and, and, uh, and how that's changed around you? Well, I think I'd start out by saying one thing that is very exciting is marketing, I would argue, is more and more important. And I think that's largely because you know, there are a lot of great products out there. I mean, you can't buy a bad car today. If you look at the, 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 the level of parity and quality, if you look at the level of parity in technology, I mean, every car you can Bluetooth pair your phone. Every car has heated seats almost. So there's more and more, you know, parity in products. I would say one thing that's nice is there's been a revolution in design. And that's an ultimate, uh, one of the ultimate discriminators. And frankly, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm speaking for my company here that really created design as a dramatic new reason for purchase about two years ago. But, but I think if you look at the product parity and the level of competitive, I think marketing can make more and more of a difference. Now, I will say it's still a product business. You can't fool people. Um, you need to be very competitive in product. But I would say at the margin, marketing can really make a big difference. And I think there are a number of places around I could point to, not the least of which is Hyundai, um, where marketing has had a made has made a big difference in in building this brand. So go back just a little bit to that end. Uh, I'm not sure everybody is aware people think of Hyundai, but the uh, to your point about marketing and the big bold move several years ago that has really put Hyundai on the map around around the quality part. Can you just talk a little bit about the philosophy and how you believe that's really transformed the 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 company in consumers' eyes? Sure, sure. Well, I would say the first thing I'd say is the overwhelming commitment that our parent com- company, uh, you know, Hyundai Motor uh, uh, in Korea, committed to quality. You know, I said earlier you can't fool people and and we needed to, to objectively and empirically um, make big steps in quality that we have. But, but perception lags reality. So there's some things you can do in the marketing space that we needed to do to communicate the fact that our quality had made dramatic improvements. And there were a whole suite of things we did over time, all now under the overall banner of assurance. Um, mm. But the big one about 10 years ago was to, was to start with the industries leading warranty. We still have the best warranty in the industry at 10 years, 100,000 miles, uh, which was a dramatic statement about, about our, our quality, that we, uh, the, the cars would, would perform well for that time. And frankly, besides the, the, the customer promise, it was very motivating internally, <laughs> because if we wanted to financially be able to afford that, we needed to dramatically improve our quality, and it, and it did improve. So it did get to the point where... Um, where we can afford to make that promise. So that started a whole really thrust by the company that as important as the product is, you know, non-product things like, um, like a warranty, about three years ago, uh, continuing that history of innovation, we launched then a revolutionary program that uh, we called Job Loss. And basically in the, in the depths of the worst part of the, the economic decline, we had a program where if you bought the car, and you lost your job, we had a very attractive financial mechanism that we would buy the car back from you at, at a fairly minimal loss to you. Um, most recently, back in May, we launched a trade-in value guarantee where um, you know, we are so confident in the resale values of our cars that we will t- guarantee you when you buy the car what your car will be worth any time from 24 to 48 months. So so I would say uh, so a history of recognizing um, where we might have shortcomings 
and a way to kind of innovatively convince people and, and, and uh, you know, explain to people uh, that we have really great residual values and that our quality was really great. And I think what's, what's exciting being here only seven months now is that sort of history of innovation and marketing that I get a chance to, to step into some shoes that came before me. So It's great, and it's turning into and will turn into a fantastic case study of how marketing fits in, and it'll be in the in the business school press for sure. Um, and continuing on that momentum in October, Interbrand ranked Hyundai the fastest growing auto brand globally for the second year in a row. So talk a little bit about, um, and then that's from a branding standpoint as well, um, build on that momentum. Why, you know, how did Hyundai earn this ranking two years in a row? And, and what does that mean internally and externally? Yeah. Well, I think one thing, uh, when I start out by mentioning is that that's a truly global survey. And and we are truly a global company. Um, you know, as as uh, as great as our business is here in the U.S., it's equally strong in South America. It's growing quite rapidly in Europe, um, and of course, from a strong base in South Korea, it's growing well in China. So it really is a global look um, at the company and the brand, and it's just a testament to the continued um, development of the brand, uh, all on a foundation of quality all on a, a terrific foundation of value. Um, you know, at one time, this brand was really just all about price, and we have clearly made the transition to a brand that's all about value. In fact, my, my boss, John Krafcik, our president and CEO, likes to talk about now going from, from a price brand to a value brand and now to a valuable brand. Um, mm. So it really is a testament to, I think, it's also to, to continued progress. You know, it's re- always remarkable how long it takes to make changes in the automobile space, how, how even with dramatic new product brand health measures move fairly slowly. And you think with um, even with a fairly high spending in our category, key measures like purchase consideration, favorable opinion are, are stubbornly slow to move. So I think the, the continued improvement in the inner brand study is sort of a testament to the company um, having a very long-term view. Um, you know, a good example might be the new Equus, which is our new you know, prestige luxury sedan. We know we have competitors that have been in business there for 125 years. <laughs> if you look at the you know, Mercedes-Benz that you know, arguably invented the car. So we've uh, not been bashful about picking some pretty stout competitor, but we're in this for the long term. We're in this for the long term, and I think Interbrand uh, somewhat recognized that continued improvement. So, um, bringing up the, the Equus, obviously in the U.S. on the, the high end of the, of the pricing scale, um, all the way through a bunch of the new and aggressive products around the Accent and Elantra and, and whatnot. How do you think about um, marketing to those different customer segments, um, sitting from where you are in your team? Uh, how do you think of the differences across the price points, the the luxury buyer, if you will, versus um, the the more mainstream. Sure. Well, I think it starts on a kind of a foundation of some critical components like quality and like value. Um, now, when you talk about quality, when you get to that, um, you know, $60,000 price point where the Equus is, quality is really, uh, people assume it has the kind of durability that they expect, but it's all about craftsmanship. It's all about, you know, woods and leathers and, and real metals inside. And there's very much a, a sort of a luxury kind of a, a feel to it. Um, where if you're talking about a, 
you know, a, a, a $15,000 Xen or a $20,000 Sonata. Um, there's a little bit of a different uh, take on it, although our our interiors get remarkably good reviews, even in a you know $14,000 accent. So I think there's a there's a quality and craftsmanship. The other big thing I would say that that we um, uh, really try to reinvent uh, one aspect of the business is you know, if you think about luxury for a minute, you know it's a little philosophical, but but the one really true luxury in life is time. You know how many people do we know that might have you know I have plenty of money, but time is what I would most give and one of the ways we mm. we, we we thought about that was for an Equus owner you know we are uniquely in our space have a set of programs where a if you'd like a test drive, we will bring the car to you and let you take it for a few days and then come back and get it and for service, we will come pick up your car in fact, you can make an appointment on an iPad application for service, we will come and pick it up from you, bring it to the dealership, have it repaired, and then bring it back to you. Now, some of our competitors, individual dealers, do this on occasion, but there's no luxury manufacturer that has quite made that commitment. It's a, it's a recognition, A, of how, how uh, you know, time is the ultimate luxury. It's also a case, too, where we, you know, when we launched the Equus, rather than follow a model that some others did where they built very, very expensive dealerships. And, you know, we, we joke about all the money you invest in your cappuccino machines and in your, uh, <laughs> your marble, your marble and your granite and your leather. And of course those stores are beautiful, but, um, but we've taken a unique approach and, and sell our Equus um, uh, with a whole lot of special, you know, attention out of our, uh, out of our regular Hyundai dealership. So we took that, some ways out of the equation when you said rather than try to compete on the basis of how luxury a facility, let's do the ultimate, which is we'll bring you a car and we'll uh, take yours to be fixed. So the playing along with the whole theory of uh, or, or culture of innovation, I know from my own experience that for people that have never driven a Hyundai, you get in it and your first reaction, if you've never been in it, was wow. Um, and you start your brain starts playing around with price points and value and comparisons. Um, so turn the corner a little bit, if you will, to digital marketing and the digital space. And for those that aren't in a showroom live. Um, how do you think of your website, your the third-party web uh, research sites? How do you think about the digital landscape helping you um, get individuals to test drive the vehicle or experience your brand? Yeah. Well, it starts with a very good your own .com. So in our case, Hyundai.com. And um, you know we've been very pleased. Um, J.D. Power um, in, in our space does an annual survey of, of all uh, consumer survey of all um, automotive websites. And I think this past year we moved up to number seven. So uh, and that's, I think, two or three among mainstream brands. We were behind a few of the luxury ones. So in general, we feel pretty good about about our honey.com. Um, but interestingly, if you if you get behind the numbers, we were fourth in two or three categories. The one place we were most lacking is in really rich content and assets. So, mm. you know, r right now I would say, you know, most automotive sites are primarily transactional. I want to, I want to find a car. I want to pick a color. I want to locate a dealer. You know, I want to, uh, what are your latest offers? And all of that is absolutely critical. You, you know, but as I would say, that's, Sort of necessary but not sufficient. And what we really need to do, and we're endeavoring to do now, 
um, is is really dial up the the rich content, whether it's more detailed product information about how does our hybrid really work, you know what tell me about why is gasoline direct injection, which is a very expensive technology that's even available on our 14,000 or accent. How, why does that work? You know, why are Hyundai's at the same time very, um, you know, big on the inside but small on the outside? Why are they generally lighter in weight than competitors for better fuel economy but just as safe? So there's a whole sort of uh, back brand stories. One story we love is um, at Hyundai we have our own steel plant, and it really was all about um, how do we get the right kind of you know, quality and quantity of high-strength steel, which is ultimately how you make safe and lightweight cars for better fuel economy. And so we built our own steel plant. Now, there's a wonderful story that maybe doesn't work in the 30-second TV spot, but is a great, um, you know, for people that are interested and want to learn, there's a great little video piece on, on the website. So so back to that idea of, um, of, of it's, if it's good to have all those transactional tools, but making more of a deeper and richer brand story I would say, and I guess I'd speak on behalf of most automotive, that is a space we haven't been very good at it, but we're we're very closely looking at that. The other thing I'd say, Glenn, is that, well, you know, Hyundai.com is where we kind of expect and hope people to come. We're not expecting that anymore. So we've had a big initiative, uh, specifically with YouTube and Facebook, to gradually take more and more of those shopping tools, for example, and export them over to Facebook and YouTube. So if you have to happen to be on our YouTube channel and you want to search for a car right there, we want to be able to let you do that and not have to come back to, uh, to Hyundai.com. So recognizing where people are going, and of course in the case of YouTube, with such a video-intensive platform, mm. which we love, and there's so much video content we generate, whether it's for product reviews, whether it's um, a big music program we're doing for Veloster, whether it's our, you know, real interesting TV spots we did for our college football play that recognizes great traditions at big football schools. So whatever it happens to be, right. um, YouTube, YouTube is just such a great home for those. Okay. So I got a bunch of other questions popping to my, my brain to ask down that path. But first, we're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with Steve Shannon and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2012 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2012. 
be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 2012 IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Start your search engine and put your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Steve Shannon, VP of Marketing at Hyundai Motor America, talking about digital marketing in the auto industry. Okay, so we were just talking about YouTube and Facebook, and then you mentioned the last year, and i got to just ask, because as I looked on online forums, there's a big debate about what's the proper pronunciation of that vehicle. So is it Veloster? Is it Veloster? Is it Veloster? It's, it's the middle <laughs> one there, Glenn. It's Veloster. It's Veloster. And, okay. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. There. We've, we've, everybody's learned something. <laughs> but it's, so, um, it's, it's, a, it's a neat little, very uh, sort of innovative, sporty coupe that you may have noticed has, has uh, you know, the, the, the driver's side is a coupe with one door. The passenger side has two doors like a sedan, a nice functional hatchback, sporty looking. It gets 40 miles per gallon. So it's a great, fun little new car in the lineup. And a price point that is in the mid to high teens, if I recall. Is that right? It is. Yeah. It, it starts at uh, with destination dealer destination charge. It's just under eighteen thousand dollars. So it wow. has a, it has a really a, a rare mix of sort of fun and sportiness, uh, a great amount of functionality with that third door and a nice big hatchback, and you you flop the rear seats down and a lot can fit, and all for you know with forty miles per gallon and under eighteen thousand dollars, it's a really quite a combination of uh, fun sportiness, fun to drive, and, and great functionality and value. So I'm sure around that brand, that vehicle, and some others, but as you started to talk about Facebook and YouTube and, and Twitter, you're right. We definitely, I definitely saw a lot of interaction of the shopping tools embedded, um, but the college football and the uh, other, other um, uh, the the sweeps and other aspects around Facebook and around the rich video on YouTube. How do you, as a, a marketing organization and more broadly within, within Hyundai, how do you think about key objectives in um, the social media space, which is what many of our listeners are grappling with every day? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think you start with, um, you know, when you're putting together a marketing plan, there's a certain amount of money you want to commit to just sort of innovation and 
experimentation. So I think one thing that's pretty clear today is about 100% of that experimentation money goes to digital. <laughs> so, you know, and I've heard even, even people, I was at a conference and um, one of the senior guys from Procter & Gamble, and I'm, I'm going to remember, forget the exact, but if they do uh, 70, 20, 10, you know, 70% is, you know, sort of traditional mechanisms that you know work, 20% has a little bit of a stretch to it, and then 10 is just, hey, who knows, but it's worth trying. So mm. so certainly digit, digital gets all that. But I would say digital gets a, a, a big, much bigger chunk of that now because we know from a, uh, whether it's in, in the number of leads that we get, whether it's the amount of traffic we get, um, if you look at the number of, of views, um, we did a big music program, we are doing a big music program for Veloster that involves the creation of a documentary film, and we had a half a million views of the trailer, you know, brought to you by Hyundai Veloster within the first about three weeks. So wow. Now, uh, so it's just it's very exciting to watch, and I think we have, like a lot of things in marketing, it's sort of equal parts metrics and equal parts. We just think it's the right thing for the brand, and um, and it's worth doing. And have you seen that? Uh, certainly, you have the quantification of, of views and, and engagement. Are, are you also seeing or do you have research showing that um, it is helping to build the brand at a macro level as well? well we are. Yes, we are. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we in the case of the, of the Veloster launch actually provides a, a good little maybe a micro example. Um, you know, traditionally in the automobile space, um, when you're launching a new product, it, it often starts with TV. And what is the TV campaign like? What do the 30-second spots look like? And then often everything sort of flows from that. In the Veloster, actually, we did the opposite of that. Well, we ended up at the, you know, in the final analysis doing some interesting little 15-second spots. We started out the program with three big platforms of real passion points for this sort of Gen Y audience, one of which was music. And so, so much of our program was ultimately about creating music assets. Uh, as I mentioned, that we're doing a documentary film and five original pieces of music with DJs. But it was all with the ultimate objective of content being posted on the web. In fact, some of our plan was about a big content generation machine almost that, that ultimately mm-hmm. was um, – and, and everything we have seen is, you know, just in general, music is a great space for us. Uh, in particular, a program where, where we did um, on Veloster, rather than you know the traditional model is often I'm going to pay two million dollars and sponsor the summer tour of XYZ band. We actually um, were were almost in a in a benefactor situation. We, you know, there's a whole revolution in in creativity and music business that's being fueled by electronic music. You know, one day you had to be a uh, you know, I know how to play the piano or the guitar, and electronic music is just is just booming, and there's a lot of technology in the Veloster. So we commissioned a documentary film by a director by the name of Amir Barlev, and many will know him, among other things. He did the famous Pat Tillman story last year, uh, mm, terrific yep. documentary filmmaker. And we picked five top DJs, and we paired them up with a different genre of music. So let me give you an example. A, a big electronic musician today, but he goes by the name of Skrillex. Um, he's on the cover of Spin Magazine this month. We sent him to L.A. to reinterpret rock music, and he invited with him the three remaining members of The Doors, and they created oh, wow. a visual soundtrack. We had uh, Mark Ronson, 
the famous producer for Amy Winehouse and Adele, went to New Orleans and reinterpreted huh. jazz at the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Now, it's electronic music, so they're creating a resonant track, and he worked with Erica Badu and Mostef. And so we had these five huh. DJs travel around the country, and, and we created a documentary film about them sort of reinterpreting old music that's in a film. We, but we as Hyundai, the difference is we as Hyundai own the film. We own the five original tracks of music. So a big part of that is the digital distribution over time right. of that content. We started with a two-minute trailer. We're now, um, we have backstories about the car being used in the film. This week we launched the five original um, music videos. Um, the music is all available streaming. It's on YouTube, our, our uh, Hyundai.com, but it's also available on Rolling Stone, Spin.com. So we worked with a lot of music. So, so the, the but the point of all this is the view from the very beginning was not only a great fit with a target, but it was ultimately a, a content distribution process, and and doing little bits at a time leading up to the actual launch of the feature film in in, uh, in February. But it was very much about how do you make the most of um, this content on the web in the right kind of places. Sounds incredibly smart, and my. Daughter has uh, educated me on Skrillex, by the way, so I'm I'm up to speed. Well, um, I think you know that one of the things I knew that these five, were, among other things, that these five were the right musicians was I had never heard of any of them. So, so it sounds like you got the same uh, same thing. There we go. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we're certainly seeing in in a lot of different different industries um, is the the impact of mobile and the adoption clearly of smartphones. Uh, Walmart just came out and said that uh, they're seeing between thirty and forty percent of their shoppers are equipped with smartphones and and doing search and shopping in their stores. How do you guys think about the the mobile side of the experiential and the shopping part of the um, of the auto experience. Well, it's it's it is hugely important, and uh, it's being used from home a lot. It's also surprisingly being used in dealerships quite a bit. People yeah, bring their, you know, have their obviously have their device with them, and they may be out on the lot, or they may maybe there on a on a Sunday. So you really have to think about that, just like you you know formerly thought about somebody sitting at their work or their home PC. Now there, there are certain limitations, and I'm one thing I'm I'm very very hard on my my people here in the agency is it's got to be simple to use, it's got to be um, quick to load. You know, there's a whole uh, real skill in trying to make, um, you know, how do you pare down and and um, yep. and get get the right stuff because it you know in some ways for a lot of the reasons why I talked about. In, on a on a you know a web environment, rich content and videos and, and a real branded experience is what you're about. On mobile, you really have to understand sort of the environment and how it's being used. And there's a you know it's kind of what is the stuff people really need to know um, that's right. valuable and how do you sort of strip down some things. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's something that we're we're focused uh, you know more and more on. Right. Well, it's incredibly impressive. The momentum around Hyundai is fantastic, and it sounds like you're having an absolute blast, which is great to hear. Unfortunately, we're out of time, so I will say thank you, Steve, for being my guest today. 
And thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Angler, that's G-L-E-N-N-E-N-G-L-E-R, or on my blog at www.glennangler.com. And visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. Thank you. Thank you.